0: You're listening to the Movie Crew Podcast, and tonight we're continuing our Halloween month of horror as we take a look back at 1982's Friday the 13th, Part 3, in 3D. You, no trouble. Me, Supreme being.
1: You will be a weapon. You will be a minister of death praying for war. But until that day, you are cute.
2: Sound off like you got a pair. Sir, yes, sir. Oh, yes, I was wondering what would break first. Your yes. spirit. All your money. You get nothing. You lose. Good day, sir. God is dead. Hey, Satan God. lives. The air is one. Very. The city is headed for a disaster of biblical proportions. What do you mean, biblical? What do you mean, this Old Testament, Yes. Mr. Mayor? Real wrath of God-type stuff. There's fire and brimstone coming down from the skies. Rivers and seas boiling. Forty years of darkness, earthquakes, volcanoes, The sea rising from the grave. Humans sacrifice, dogs and cats living
0: together. That's hysteria. Welcome to the podcast. I'm Brian Elkins. With me tonight, Mr. Paul Williams.
1: What's happening?
0: It's the month of October. We have a Friday the 13th in it, so we must talk about a Friday the 13th film. We've talked about the first one, the sixth one, the reboot a little bit. Yeah, it's time we talk about part three, the one where he gets the hockey mask.
1: Yes, where Jason gets his, his iconic hockey mask. Which is kind of strange because for the majority of the movie, he just walks around in the shadows and, and all, just kind of lurks around. Like I almost feel like Jason Voorhees could also be known as the Lurker.
0: Well, yeah, for the first forty minutes, I feel like yeah, you're right. That is kind of all he does.
1: <laughs> yeah, you you could easily just swap him out and call his character the Lurker. Because well, he does do some murder, literally.
0: Here too. He's not just stalking. Yeah, him, you know.
1: But he does do an awful lot of that in, in this you know, the, the way this movie kind of starts off with the end of Part 2. But I was actually reading somewhere that this was actually supposed to be a continuation of Part 2. Uh, more close to, like, Halloween Part 2.
0: Yeah, with Jimmy, where... Amy Steele's character yeah, was Gen- originally yeah, supposed to be in a hospital, yep. right? Man, that would have been awesome!
1: Yep. That would have actually been really cool and really interesting. Um, but I feel... Like, I don't understand what made them go the route that they did with this movie. I, Amy I still feel said no. like no.
0: I mean, if Amy yes, still says... Yes, she did say no. Yeah, if she says no, dude, like, obviously there's going to be no sequel there. That's true. Yeah, your lead actress rejects you. What are you going to do? I like the route they ended up going here with the, the story. I, I guess. I mean, there's not a lot of you story know, it, here. <laughs>
1: I, I, <laughs> this is I one do, that you I can mean, look at and
0: just be like, okay, this was made just just as an excuse to kill a bunch of teenagers.
1: Yeah, yeah, that that's exactly the sentiment I had from it. And, you know, and I don't want to seem that I'm bashing the movies because Friday the 13th is one of my favorite horror franchises, if not my favorite horror franchise. So I don't want to come across as being, you know, like, I'm some uppity asshole that's trying to diss the movie but the action, the acting is, is pretty damn horrible in this movie.
0: Uh, yeah, from some of them. I don't, I don't think all of the actors are terrible. There, there's some I like quite a bit. Like one of my favorite Jasons from this film. Yes, I'm a yes. big fan of what Richard Booker is doing here, man. He, he's not walking. Like he actually kind of does a little run. You can't accuse of Jason. That's what I was going
1: to bring up. I was actually going to bring that up because I was going to say, you remember how when the remake was made, everybody was kind of pissed off because Jason ran? It's like he clearly runs more than one time in part three.
0: Yeah, well, he also ran a lot in in part two. I mean. Yeah, he did too. Yeah. I like his movement. I really like his swagger, like after he murders somebody (laughs) and how he just kind of walks away like, yeah, I did that. What's up? Like you yeah, know what I mean drop, after bitch. yeah after some of the kills <laughs> he has really he has got a really good presence there and I think he's he's effective like you know there's even moments where like he's picking like dead bodies up and you see yeah. in the hockey mask and you're like oh man that's why that that's why that image sticks right there I mean it it's creepy it's it's good monster horror fun
1: This movie doesn't have the most innovative kills
0: either I mean it's got some good ones though I'll it agree, does have some good ones. I, I'll agree that half of them are kind of, eh, maybe not repeats, but stuff you've seen before. You know, not the level yeah, of creativity you would expect in, like, offing teenagers from a Friday the 13th movie.
1: Yeah. And, I mean, another thing, this movie, this movie did make quite a bit of money for the Friday the 13th franchise. But this is the movie that made Jason Voorhees the horror icon that he became with the with obtaining the hockey mask.
0: I, I mean, I remember watching part one and two and being really confused about those films because, you know, I remember seeing the box art in the, you know, in the video store, the old VHS box art yeah. of these films, and, yeah. dude, almost all of them have a hockey mask somewhere, you know, on the cover.
1: Yeah, that's so, true. You watch
0: the first two, you're like, hey, wait a minute, this is the series with the guy with the hockey mask. Where's the guy with the hockey mask?
1: And then part three comes along and he gets the <laughs> hockey mask. Lives in the barn.
0: Yeah, it's it's you know, it's a it's definitely a big moment. There was another real big first for the series. This was the first entry in three D. Well, the only entry in three D.
1: Which I regrettably cannot watch in three D.
2: Oh, did
0: you try watching the the Blu-ray yeah, or the DVD?
1: Dude, I yeah, well, I tried watching the Blu-ray and I got twenty-five, thirty minutes into it and my freaking head started hurting and I was like, yeah, just I just can't do this.
0: Yeah, if you pick this up, uh, I think the DVD has the 3D version on there too. I know the Blu-ray does.
1: That's an awesome awesome Blu-ray set and I I recommend on any Friday the 13th fan picking it up because you got everything you want on it.
0: But dude, I didn't have a problem with the 3D. I mean, I I actually enjoy watching the 3D version of this. I mean, it, it's got a little bit of the ghosting in the images, but Yeah, it does. And it's not like perfect 3D. And some of the three d effects that they do in the movie are not really the best. i mean it was a low budget film it, but i do like it was' a new I technology. do like
1: how they some of the shots in the movie were shot on purpose, you know, and I think they were trying to utilize certain things and smaller things, kind of bring out the three d um One of the better examples would be when. The guy in the beginning knocks the clothesline down and he picks up the pole for the clothesline and he points the end of the pole directly at the camera. You know, I actually will say that that shot does look pretty decent for 1982
0: 3D. Every time I blink, I see another shot where they are throwing something at the lens. It is so in your face when you're watching this as a 2D film and you're not watching it in 3D. And if you don't know it's a three D movie, the camera perspectives are just bizarre. It's a lot of very like POV shots, very clean frames, yes. like the baseball bat in the street, there's a guy punching out a window, balls that the they're yo-yo juggling. Scene. Yeah, a yo yo. I mean, they are just constantly. I mean, well see, things. I will say, dude,
1: I Popcorn. enjoy the way I do enjoy kind of like the the angle that they use that at when they cut from the front view to the overhead view of yeah. uh, the two dudes juggling. I actually kind of, I mean, and this movie actually is shot pretty good, man. No, no. In man. my opinion.
0: Look, when you watch it in 3D, it works. It totally works. It's like, oh, look at this gag. Yeah. I get it. But when you watch it in 2D,
1: it doesn't really make so much it's sense. It's just,
0: it's boring because, like, watching somebody juggle yeah. in 2D for an extended amount of time in the Friday the 13th movie. Is not really what I'm here for. But when you're watching it yeah. in 3D and the balls are flying at your face, it's like, oh, this is awesome. That is very true. That is very, very true. And the movie kind of suffers from that a little bit. And I don't know. It's not the movie's fault. You watch it in 3D, you can have a good time if you don't get a headache, you know? You watch it in 2D, yeah. you kind of have to put up with this in the yeah. film. I
1: mean, I'm, I'm, you know, I man, I just think that's kind of weird. Like, I don't know if it's something with my eyes or what, but yeah,
0: it does kind of. Dude, I hear that all the time. Even people complain about uh, 3D films today. It gives them the headache.
1: Oh, see, now that doesn't bother me. You know, you and and our listeners know I mean. I saw Ghost in the Shell in 3D, and that did not bother me one bit at all. I I don't know if it is like the color spectrums or like one of my eyes are straining harder than the other one.
2: I don't know what it is, but
1: yeah, it just kind of gives me a headache, which kind of sucks because it, it takes the you know the whole being able to enjoy the film in three D. It kind of kind of takes that out of it.
0: I hadn't seen this in three D until that Blu Ray and DVD set came out. And oh, when was that? It was around 2010, 2009, some somewhere in that ballpark. I think mean, it's cool. Yeah, it's cool to like, sure. experience it that way. Though.
1: I don't even I don't even think there was a three D version made for the VHS.
0: No, I don't think so either. I remember when Jaws uh, 3D, when they showed that on on TV for the for 3D and you could go to the, like, the gas station and pick up your 3D glasses. I remember that being a big deal. I don't know when that was. Super early. 80s. 80s. Yeah, it was probably in the mid-80s because, man, I remember – I was a young kid. I remember that. That was a big deal. Speaking of Jaws, this film does look better than Jaws 3D. I mean, the, the effects work Ooh. better in this movie. This movie has aged better, and they spent – Less uh, I, money. Okay.
1: I think this movie had like a budget of like twelve million. Yeah,
0: no, dude, it was two. It was like two point three to four million.
1: Yeah, it was two point three. Yeah, yeah, it was two point three four million, and it made like thirty six point three million for what it cost to make it. Dude, that movie made a lot of damn money. I think what kind of really helped that movie to make money was the fact that it was the first Friday the Thirteenth to be shown in three D. You know, and then once people saw it, they were like, oh, Jason's got a hockey mask now.
0: I'll admit, it was one of the first big, like, you know, 3D resurgence, Um, because this is not... You know, in 2009 with Avatar, that was not the first time 3D resurged. 3D was actually a 50s no. thing from, like, you know, Dial Him for Murder, yes. Creature from the Black Lagoon. Yep. Those were all 3D. And they kind of came back in the 80s. I know there was this. There was that Amityville 3D film. Yeah, there was. Amityville, there was 3D. Jaws 3D. Uh, there a lot of... Number three sequels. I don't know what they were like. Hey, you know what? This is the third one. It's 3D. Look, guys, this thing is writing itself.
1: Damn sure it's
0: It's the same well, you number. Later
1: on, I mean, this is a little bit later on, but this was part six. If you want to get technical, this was part six. Freddy's Dead was actually 3D too.
0: That was way later after that was Resurgence that was, yeah. died, and that was uh, that was in the early 90s. So. Yeah, that
1: was in the early 90s.
0: This this resurgence that came about in the 80s, this was already long dead. I want to and say it was dead by like 84. And it kind of back up again.
1: I mean, it's like weird, dude, because I, I don't understand why, a, a bit on topic but off, but I don't understand why why they made Freddy's Dead in
0: 3D. Like, I don't... You know, the same reason they did it for fr- uh, Friday the 13th. Same th- but Friday they the 13th the was 3D. More was money, 3D. And it gets butts in the seats.
1: It was only like, what? Ten fifteen minutes of the movie that was actually in three
0: D? Well, I mean the difference is is that Friday the thirteenth, part three, it's part three. So that's at the height yes. of the series. Oh, and three D. No, I mean of the series, like that's where it's got its most of its money. It's got most of its yeah, popularity um and most of its financial backing the first at that point. Whereas Freddy Dead yes. is kind of after a bunch of sequels have already come out and been disappointments and the budgets have been cut and you can't do the whole movie in three D because you can't afford
1: it. They're just trying to scrape in the scraping the bottom of the barrel right now. If the money was getting cut from the nightmare franchise, why would you spend the extra money to do the part in three D unless you're just doing it to fill seats? But at that point in time, three D had kind of died off.
0: I know people went to go see it because there was a three D sequence. I remember that was yeah. in the marketing. So I mean mm-hmm. I don't know of another reason they would do it other than for butts and seats, dude. You know, if you're looking well, for another answer, I don't, I don't have one for
1: you. <laughs> no, no, I'm saying you're, prob- you're probably right.
0: I I don't just I just don't have any other suggestions or ideas. I mean It's like that's the best I got. I will say Friday the thirteenth, part three. Um the three D used in the film. This was a very interesting technique because unlike today where you use two cameras in order to achieve, you know, a three D image, this system was all in one camera, one lens, one piece of film absolutely crazy and, and it did have some drawbacks and we'll get to the, the drawbacks here in a second but the way it works is that the lens pretty much had like two lenses actually inside the lens and what it would do is is it would record one image on the top piece on a top piece of film and the other would record an image on the bottom piece and they called it upper and lower and it would just take a, a film cell and like split it in half and record you know an image at the top image at the bottom. Well, in doing that, you lose resolution because now you're going from 35, which you would normally shoot. When you are shooting a film, you shoot a whole 35-millimeter image. Well, now with this 3D system, this lens is splitting that image, but you're only, you still have that 35-millimeter surface. So now you have two images here. So the drawback is you lose a little bit of that resolution. You lose a little bit of clarity. I mean, this transfer, even the Blu-ray transfer is not very good. It's got a lot of dirt on it.
1: I mean, I don't think it looks bad. It looks better than the DVD.
0: Nah, but dude, it's got like they didn't go through and clean up any of the scratches. It's got dust all over it. Like, yeah, it does. Especially it does. in the daylight scenes, you can really, really tell in the beginning of the movie. Yeah,
1: you like when you like for, when they first get to Camp Crystal Lake and shit.
0: Or yeah, or the Higgins Farm, whatever it is, Higgins Haven. That's what it's called. Oh,
1: yeah, Higgins Haven. Yeah.
0: <laughs> I don't know. I don't think Paramount's exactly yeah, you, spending a lot of money on the transfers here for these films.
1: It still looks better than the DVD, and the sound quality is better.
0: Yeah, I'll agree well. with that.
1: I can't totally knock the Blu-ray.
0: Yeah, it just you know it would be nice if they went in and, and gave us like nice restored editions for all these films. I know that'll never happen, man.
1: But I'm gonna tell you what, dude. They <laughs> had some lights pumping. Friday. They had some serious lights pumping on the night scenes, dude.
0: Oh well, yeah, that's to get that uh, to get the 3D effect to work. So I mean yeah imagine you off in the background, yeah. you know, and you light it in the foreground you can you can see all your planes,
1: well, you really just notice it like in all this in all the scenes in the movie that are that are filmed at night, you know I'm like, man, damn, the cinematographer totally had to pump some serious lights into this set,
0: yeah, this is more lit than the previous two entries. there is a little bit of style here gets thrown in i think the next installment kind of keeps you know i think they all kind of try to do that like none of them go back to like the low budget you know looking dirty grainy footage of the dark first
1: two. yeah, yeah. <laughs> i mean overall man i still think the movie looks looks pretty damn good for considering its age man i mean this movie's 35 years old
0: it is at the time of recording 35 years I'm a fan. Yeah, I mean, you know, I'll be honest. This is also this also has one of my favorite final girls in the entire series, Dana Kimmel playing Chris Higgins. She's probably Uh, my uh, third favorite of the final girls.
1: She is definitely one of the better final girls.
0: Oh yeah, I guess I should say in in this series, not like all final girls of all slashers. That's that's ludicrous. I think she starts off weak, and as the movie progresses, like she does get kind of badass. Yeah, you know, she does fight for herself. She's got some good scenes. She's got a great screen, mm-hmm. dude. Like she's got a set of lungs on her, man.
1: Yeah. I don't know, man. I might put her I might put her like second on my list. I would say my favorite final girl would probably be Amy Still.
0: Yeah, Jenny from Part 2. Same here. Yeah. Yeah, she's number 1. I would
1: say she's she's my number 1 and I would say number 2 would probably be the chick from uh New Blood. Oh, really? Part 7? The, the telekinetic chick.
0: What's her name? Tina.
1: Because I really don't care. F- yeah, Tina. I really don't care for her at the very beginning of the movie. But it's like when she starts going all tele telekinetic crazy on Jason's ass. Because I mean, man, the Chicken Part Six, dude. There really isn't a final girl in Part Six because she don't do much of shit. <laughs> that movie's that movie's more about Tommy Jarvis than anybody. Yeah. He's like the final girl in that
0: movie. Yeah, <laughs> he's, he's the final bra. <laughs> he's the final bra. Yeah. Yeah, bro. But I mean, I'm, I'm final, man. Uh, yeah, I would definitely. I like Alice from part one. I mean, she's. I, I really like Alice. Yeah, she does kind of hold up her own, but she doesn't ever have a
1: showdown with Jason, though, man. And when she does have a showdown with Jason, it's.
0: Yeah, no, she loses that. Yeah, <laughs> and quickly. Very
1: but, you quickly. Know,
0: I, I was glad they got uh, Adrian King even back for part two. You know, even though she's only in that beginning section, I love part two so so much yeah yeah part 2 is really good this is not as good as part 1 or 2 but you know hey but it's, I mean it's it's, it's still a good man
1: I mean the only one that I really 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 dislike and I still like it for it's own reasons is part 5
0: what about once again Jason I'm gonna to I'm
1: gonna get, you got that yeah. one line dude that makes Jason Goes to Hell totally worth watching <laughs> what? so what do you think about Jason Voorhees shit <laughs> okay. When I think about Jason Voorhees, I think about a little girl in a skirt sticking a hot dog through a donut. I don't even know what that means, but it's the greatest oh line, the Duke.
0: That oh, makes I no forgot, sense. I forgot about that line. That is uh, a terrible it, piece of dialogue.
1: <laughs> there is no line in part five like that. I
0: don't know. You got the 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 crazy guy... <sighs> I don't know, or is he just a hillbilly on the motorcycle that's, like, doing the wheelies in the backyard? Oh! He's, like, screaming, oh. Ma! He hit me, Ma! Mama!" Ma. They're, like, he the gonna hillbilly family. He gon' get him good, Ma! He gon' get him!
1: I said, shut up, Junior! <laughs> Junior was his name.
0: Oh, that was his name. Those damn enchiladas! <laughs> Goddamn enchiladas! Ooh, man. Baby. Ooh, baby. See,
1: that's what makes five so good, those... <laughs> Fucking stupid ass moments like that, man. That's what that's what makes it so great.
0: You know, mm. Rememberable, but, but, yes. Good, great. Eh, I don't know. I don't know.
1: No, I mean it's it's good to get a good
0: laugh. You definitely don't forget it. I, you know, once you seem seen, no, that's Tricks, what I'm saying. Five. You, yeah, you're definitely not gonna forget it. It's gonna leave an impact on you that will that will last a while.
1: Might make you a little angry. I don't, Did me. I think a lot of other people.
0: I, I was mostly just confused before I was angry because I was like i don't I don't understand what you
1: think about it
0: <laughs> I don't understand
1: why the more you was think Jason
0: about it, wearing a human mask
1: yeah we're totally spoiling part five for everybody <laughs> yeah it doesn't uh doesn't the one dude doesn't he make yeah the little kid's like yeah he's like what's his name uh
0: oh I uh, have I can't I, remember it I don't know but I, I know what you're talking about the little he's the only little boy in the whole movie
1: yeah, the only little boy in the whole movie. Yeah, yeah. And he's like Wearing the Red pajamas. He's like, is... Yeah, Pam, yeah, Pam here, Pam here, she's my girlfriend. I think Pam's got a thing for Tommy Jarvis.
0: But you know, hey, yeah. the ladies in these Friday films, dude, they, they all fall over Tommy.
1: I guess she would be yeah, she would be the, the final girl in that
0: movie. I I mean, dude, I'll be honest, uh one through three, final girls after that, um That's what I want to know. The sister to part four that? is is okay. I, you know, she she has some moments, but she's barely in the movie. You know, it's the problem. Yeah, she's not in the film once enough. Again, but that she movie, was in it more.
1: Once again, that movie is about Tommy Jarvis.
0: Yeah, yeah, the little yeah Corey Feldman version. Jason Takes Manhattan. That actress, I don't, I don't know her name, but she was okay. She was all right. Yeah, but I got lots of problems with that. Yeah, you know, I forgive it a lot. It's got Kane Hodder in it, okay? And it's enjoyable it, to watch. It, yes, it
1: does. And there are some good there are some good good deaths, some pretty creative ones.
0: Oh, you know, look, I see my problem with Jason Takes Manhattan is it's fucking boring. All right? Yeah, I mean, that's my problem I mean, it's it's a fun movie I mean, it's so campy I mean, come on, it's Friday party. Jason takes Manhattan No, I'm not going to take this shit seriously yeah. No, it is a lot of fun Just, man, it takes forever to get fun
1: Yes, it does And I want to know whose bright-ass idea Was it to put Jason Voorhees on a fucking boat?
0: How else are you going to get him to Manhattan, dude? Is he going to take a plane, a boat, a car? I mean Yeah, well, yeah, I
1: guess so. that would make total it's, sense
0: It's all kind of ridiculous
1: and and Crystal Lake is in New Jersey.
0: Oh no, Crystal Crystal Lake like connects to the, to the
1: connects to, to the, the Atlantic Ocean. <laughs> yeah, somehow this damn lake that's a campground connects to the Atlantic Ocean.
0: Go figure that. All right, okay, hold up. We need to get back yeah. on part three. Just um, like sure
1: you're trying to figure out why, uh, how the hell there are palm trees in New Jersey.
0: All right, guys, so we're going to take a break. We're going to play the trailer for Friday the 13th, part three, and we'll be back.
2: Weekends are a good time to escape to the woods. Unless the weekend begins with Friday the 13th. Because 13 is an unlucky number. But out here, so are 1 through 12. Because these are Jason's woods. And nobody leaves them alive. Friday the 13th, part three. Jason, you can't fight him. You can't stop him. And now, you can't even keep him on the screen. Friday, the 13th, part three, when it comes to killing in Jason's woods, Jason will come to you. Friday, the 13th, part three, a new dimension in terror. It will scare you.
0: And we're back. That was the trailer for Friday the Thirteenth Part Three in 3D: A New Dimension in Terror. Uh, and before we get talking about the movie, I did want to bring up real quick the Friday the Thirteenth the game. It is out. If you're a fan of this series, I really recommend picking that game up. Like you can play as a bunch of different Jasons. You can play as Part Two, Three, Seven, Six, Nine. So there's a whole bunch of stuff there. I think eight. If I didn't say that. All the counselors are made up, but one of them, I think the character, the counselor's Ginny, looks very similar to uh, Chris Higgins from this film. And they take the environments; all the the maps are from you know it's Crystal Lake from part one, the uh, lodge from the second film, and then Higgins Haven for the from the third movie. And those are the three maps. And one person plays as Jason; the other seven are counselors running for their life. It's a pretty fun game. You can do these different methods of escaping via the cops. You can call them and escape to the police. You can get in a car. You can fix a boat, get out through the lake. It It's a fun game. I, I really recommend it. We just got to get Paul here an internet connection.
1: Because I live in the boondocks.
0: That, that is the truth.
1: <laughs> my, my place kind of looks like Higgins Haven. <laughs> I kind of like the way this movie begins. Okay, I could understand if you were going to keep, you know, the the final girl from part two, but I that's one thing I didn't ever understand was why why would you kind of use that the the ending of part two to segue into part three? And if you're going to keep Amy Still as the final girl and segue into three, then that makes total sense. But it didn't make much sense to me to show the beginning the at the beginning of three to show the end of two.
0: I mean, I like that. It has a nice continuity to it.
1: Most people that have seen part two, I mean, or seen part three, have already seen part two.
0: I mean, what? Do you, so you wanted this to uh, take place like a couple years later or something?
1: I mean, I'm not saying a couple years later. It could have been a couple months later.
0: I don't know, dude. What you're talking about to me, like, changes the entire franchise in my eyes. Because, I mean, Jason is known as this huge mass murderer, and you really don't see him do any of this mass murdering, except for in. Two, three, and four. And then his rampage stops. And after that, he's zombie Jason. Yeah. Two, three, and
1: four. Yeah, that that is very true.
0: He's just a really tough guy to kill.
1: I mean, I'm assuming he's supposed to be still a human at that point.
0: Yeah. (laughs) He's got...
1: Just a a really ugly-ass, deformed, hulky brute of a human being.
0: You know, he's kind of like... um, He's kind of like... (laughs) He's kind of like Sloth from the Goonies. And uh, he, yeah, part, yeah. Part four, he really looks like uh, he really looks like Sloth from the Gooties.
1: Yeah, he really, he really does look like Sloth from the
0: Goodies. And, you know, part like <laughs> Sloth kind of has like <laughs> his Down syndrome strength. Well, Jason kind of, I don't know, he kind of has that in these first four movies. I don't know. I, I do, I like the continuity, dude. I, even though the film is called Friday the Thirteenth, this movie doesn't take place on Friday the Thirteenth. I always thought it took place on Saturday the Fourteenth. But right after you get that, the end of part two, the beginning sequence, there's a news report, and they're showing the events in the aftermath. So this has to be the day after. So technically, this would be Sunday, the fifteenth.
1: It would be the fun, It it would be the following Sunday, Friday. The, yeah, Sunday the fifteenth.
0: What do you think of this? Uh, how the movie starts off this opening scene here, and this farm grocery store. I can tell you right now, I
1: wouldn't buy a damn thing from this dude's store. He he just like lets the rabbits just crawl all over the produce. He randomly grabs peanut peanut jars and just pops it open and starts eating it and puts it right back on the shelf.
0: Oh yeah, just grabbing drinks off and just like oh yeah, let me let me open this drink. Oh yeah, oh I'm gonna have a swig. Okay, uh, I'll put it back. Oh dude, someone's gonna buy So we buy can it? sell this about. Yeah, that's disgusting.
1: And his wife, dude, like what's up with his wife? His wife looks like she's like. 20 years younger than he is.
0: That's, dude, you know, that's why she's mad. She thought she was marrying good into this little small grocery store. She's like, look, I'm buying in. I'm going to marry this guy. I'm going to take him for all the money he's got. She married him. She's like, oh, he didn't have anything.
1: Yeah, all he's got is this piss-poor grocery store that he just lets wildlife trample all over the produce.
0: And he's got, like, a bathroom slash utility room. It's so weird. Yeah. Like, the whole layout is kind of bizarre. I think the whole
1: layout of all the bathrooms in this fucking movie are just weird as shit anyway.
0: Wait, all the bathrooms?
1: Okay, yes. I I do have an
0: issue with that. Hold up, Paul. You have an issue with the bathrooms? Yes, I have a little bit of an issue with the bathrooms in this movie. Man, this this sounds really tricky. But anyway, go ahead.
1: Why would you build a bathroom with no toilet?
0: What are you referencing?
1: I'm referencing the bathroom that's in the house, right? That, that that the group is staying at. It has a shower in it, right? But no toilet because there's an outhouse.
0: Yeah, you just—it's just weird. Well, you just explained it. They have an outhouse.
1: <laughs> yeah, but I don't. I don't understand. Like, what what is up with the Friday the Thirteenth fucking franchise and the outhouses, dude? I mean, I understand they're it's supposed a, to be like it's camping. At a camp. That ain't no damn camp. That's somebody's fucking house. They got a barn and shit.
0: No, it's like a. They cabin. got like a farm. It's there. a wood cabin. Yeah, but it's still a farm. What do they farm in there? I don't it's, know. They, they got a no barn. Animals.
1: The dudes, but the dudes putting hay up. You just buy, yeah. You know, Dude, they uh, call it I'm out like, in
0: the it, movie. The guy is know, loading the hay kinda, up, and he says, "Like, why do you buy like, hay?"
1: What does your dad always buy? Hay when he? She was like, "Oh, well, he's planning on buying a horse. But well, he buys hay, but he never buys a horse."
0: Yeah, you're like having problems with. Let's stuff go back
1: there. to the. <laughs> let's go. Let's go back to the dirty ass grocery store.
0: They go a little crazy with some of the 3D gags here um, in, the, yes. in the grocery store, especially with like the, the laundry pole.
1: No, the antenna.
0: Yeah, on the TV. On the TV, yeah. They, and there's like a snake that comes out later, jumps at the screen. You know, there's some good 3D gags here that work in 3D. They don't look too terrible in in 2D yet. And that gets later in the film. But man, I really like how they keep – I do like how they keep Jason in the shadows
1: like he has the silhouettes behind all, like all the sheets and that's another thing that i find is like really weird cuz god damn it jason he shows up in a shirt and some slacks
0: that is true he was wearing the overalls and he had the Part bibs two. on before yeah. yeah maybe he stole the maybe he stole the uh grocery store owner's uh, i don't know maybe he stole some of his laundry out there that's what i assume i mean that it that would explain why he showed up what I don't understand is why is this scene in the movie, and why has yeah. Jason never attacked this family before? They're obviously I, not new to the area.
1: No, they've obviously yeah uh, been there for a while. Yeah, I mean, come on, look at the store.
0: I only bring it up because the plot, the story later on goes into a backstory of what Jason did like a couple of, or two years ago. So you're telling yeah. me that two years ago, if Jason was still on a murderous rampage of like, oh, you're in Crystal Lake, ah. Like, why didn't he bump this family off? I guess that is true. Maybe it was maybe it was he just needed a shirt.
1: He was like, Okay, well I need some new duds. So I'm gonna kill you.
0: It's just weird to me because they don't fit the previous MO. They're not teenagers, they're not having sex, they're not doing drugs. I mean the guy's not the best grocery store owner. I mean, I'll give you that, but That's that's what did it. I don't know. Yeah, I don't know. It just seems kinda of weird and out of place and there is no reason oh, it, that this it. scene is really needed. He killed him he killed him for the button up in the dickies, man what'd you think of the uh, the death scenes here
1: <sighs> to be honest with you man, I kind of thought they were a little quick and lame
0: yeah I can see that
1: I mean the husband gets what an a, a hatchet or a meat cleaver to the chest
0: yeah he gets the cleaver to the chest I hate the way he falls because if they cut like I don't
1: like that either
0: five frames you could cut that weird that weird slump over he does toward the camera. Yeah, he
1: kind of like tilts back and like puts his arms out and sticks his chest out, kind of just slumps over to the side.
0: Yeah, it's. A, it, I don't know. It's just weird. What are you gonna do? I like the and wife. What do you window. think
1: about the, the wife's death?
0: I like the needle going through her, her face. It's just kind of quick, and you know, dude. Which, I mean, I'm gonna be honest with you. I feel like all
1: the deaths in this movie are like super, super quick.
0: Yeah, they are. Well, with the exception of a couple, but yeah. There's one they hold on pretty good, but the violence is in the motion of whatever instrument Jason's bringing down on some poor person, and it's cut. you're out, yeah, except for that cleaver one that cleaver one was that <laughs> was weird how that guy fell forward, but anyway, I'm okay, I'm gonna get off that
1: for some reason. We go from what's supposed to be New Jersey to the streets of California.
0: They shot yeah. this one in California if you can't if you can't tell it's pretty obvious.
1: Yes. Yeah, it's...
0: Uh, it's supposed to be Camp Crystal Lake. Well, I guess it's supposed to be... Higgins Haven, I guess, it's supposed to be off of Crystal Lake.
1: Or on Crystal Lake.
0: Yeah, that little lagoon thing that is in the movie, I guess, is supposed to be Crystal Lake. But, man, it is small. It is nothing like, you yeah, know, the man. first two movies. Like, you get to see the size of that lake. That's a huge, massive lake. This looks like a Yeah, it's a creek.
1: big-ass lake.
0: A little creek with a pond.
1: Yeah, and this is this is kind of at the point, you know... When we we get introduced to all of our characters, you have Chrissy, who's obviously the final girl, and then you have what's his name, Andy.
0: Yes, he's the boyfriend of Trish, who Here's is the pregnant girl. <laughs> yes, Dude, this was made. This came out in eighty two, and how she delivers these lines of, "Oh yes, I can't. You can't do that because I'm pregnant, or pregnant people can't do this." How old is she?
1: Okay, now this is, this, is, this is going to be up for debate. Now.
0: Is she a, a teenager? Bit.
1: I would say they're between the ages of 18 and 34.
0: Well, how she's acting so nonchalant. Her and Andy have, you know, they're, they're obviously a couple. They're together. She knows she's pregnant. Yeah. They seem like they're okay with it. I don't know. They seem like they're college age, man. you know what I mean? Or like Andy, I don't know. How do these characters even know each other?
1: well i know that the one dude shelley purchases alcohol but if i'm not mistaken i also believe in 1982 you could buy alcohol at the age of 18 so that would put them around the age of 18 now the the damn hippies they're they're easily in their early 30s early to mid 30s they only got brought along
0: i I, Yeah. yeah how did these people get involved the movie just puts all these characters together, and it's just such a weird group. It's bizarre, yeah, and the movie yeah. does nothing to like connect these characters or give them any kind of common interest other than sex and drinking and smoking weed. Like, there's no like, I mean, backstory well, except for Shelly.
1: Shelly likes to scare the shit out of everybody.
0: What? That's not backstory. That's just something this dude does throughout the movie. <laughs> I mean, well, dude, you gotta you gotta
1: have your you're nerdi nerdier, you know, kind of more docile, introverted character in, in one of the movies. I mean, hell, there's one in just about every Friday the 13th.
0: It's just such a weird collection of stereotypes.
1: And friends. It's like, yeah. In reality, none of these people would ever hang out. Because, I mean, I I was it's, under the assumption.
0: That, they're just such weird choices. Andy
1: That Andy and Shelly were kind of friends. Andy's also friends with Chris and... The hippies. And that's how it kind of all got brought together. I don't
0: know. Right now, you're just making things up because the movie gives you (laughs) none of this. You know? I mean, like, you're doing... You're, like, writing backstory for this film. I mean, it's it it may be true. I don't know. The movie. It may be. When they were casting... Like, I understand the stereotypes they put together. It's like, okay, we have a stoner couple. But why cast people that are in their late 20s, early 30s for that role? Like... (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> and then not explain why they're there. Are they the professor at college? Like, I mean, give us some kind of hint of something. Yeah. You know what I mean? You know. It's it's a weird yeah, you choice. You
1: could easily go with older brother or your uncle or cousin or something like that. That could easily be explained. It's like, no, they're just there. And then we have the other girl, Vena, the, the Spanish girl.
0: Oh, Vera? But
1: yeah. Vera. Vera is her name. Yeah, that's right. You know, when they go to pick the chick Vera up, Yeah. She's having this like big argument with her mom, and her mom's basically telling her she can't go and all the shit. She ends up going anyway. She's (laughs) supposed to be what Shelly's date? And all and
0: (laughs) She is not happy about that, dude.
1: (laughs) You can tell right away she is not at all. She's like, Are you serious? You this short chubby dude with the afro?
0: You know what? I was giving the movie a hard time earlier about its story, bringing its characters together, but this this is a nice, honest character trait. Like, the hot girl does not fall for the fat, curly-haired, sweaty, weird guy. That does not happen in this movie. She is constantly like, no. Oh, he
1: tries. He does.
0: And you do kind of he, feel he sorry tries. for Shelly. I
1: think even at one point in time in the movie, she's like, maybe I should just let him get it one time.
0: Uh, I didn't feel that even for a second, dude.
1: I don't know when, when I she think, <laughs> when she was like looking in his wallet and shit.
0: No, no. The best Shelley ever got was the fact that she stopped the car when he was like, "Hey, let me go with you. I need to get out of here too." And she draws <laughs> yeah, that's off, the best he got. and you're like, that's... and he's like, "Oh, looking like a whip dog." Like, no, she left me. And then she stops. Mm-hmm. That's it, man. That's all that guy was ever gonna get—a stopped car.
1: I don't know. I I, I feel like. She was a little bit more into him after the whole incident with the bikers, too.
0: Yeah, no, but she, I mean, she, like she says, she's like, "Yeah, we're friends." Yeah, I mean, she's and prepared, that's all it's going to be. I mean, yeah, that's what she tells you in the movie. I mean, no, they had a good connection, but just because you have a connection with somebody, don't mean you need to fuck them.
1: That is true, sir. That is true. But that dude, Shelley, is kind of a dick.
0: Oh yeah, no, he's he's very annoying. A lot of the fans like find him annoying in the movie he gets a lot of hate a lot of people like him though well i wouldn't
1: say i hate him as a character i'm not rooting for him in the movie in other words
0: no i mean i don't think he's anything like the brother in texas chainsaw massacre where you're like oh dude leatherface please kill this guy that guy oh my gosh that just oh that grates you at the end there
1: it, you know something else that i, I thought was kind of messed up it's like you know when they when they go to the store she put. She's got like the stuff on the counter. She goes to reach to her pocket. The lady is just like rude as shit, man. She's like, "We don't accept food stamps."
0: You know, I there was a little there was a little race tension there, but it but it was all did right. you get that vibe, dude? Yeah, well, yeah, there was until the interracial um, <laughs> co-op, the smallest motor game. the
1: smallest motor co- I don't even. That's not even a biker. I don't even know why they referred to him in a biker gang I mean, I don't know exactly how many numbers you have to be to consider a biker gang, but I'm pretty damn sure it's not three people.
0: It's a biker club, dude. Look, man, everybody else was sick, all right? Everybody else was out today. Rick, Alejandro, James, they all felt bad. Susie and Bethany, too. It's a weird dynamic. The one dude, like, barks like a dog in a scene.
1: Yeah, it's strange. (laughs) It is. It's really strange.
0: And like all their accessory and jewelry, eh, there's some lively characters here.
1: They straight like go and pick Shelly up underneath his arms. Like I don't really understand that either.
0: I do say though. He's
1: like, can I buy you guys a beer? I mean, well, I commend you, Shelly, for trying to keep the peace by offering these guys a beer. But uh,
0: It's got some 80s charm to it, though.
1: I get a total chuckle. Every time I watch when they come out of that store, he's like, you didn't have to give her 20. And she does not even say anything. He's like, thank you. Kiss my ass. I'll, I'll, I'll pay you back $20 and food stamps later, maybe nothing. And then he <laughs> gets in the car <laughs> and the one dude, the leader of the gang, comes out there and he's just drinking his beer and he runs over the fucking bikes, man. But that, that whole scene, when Shelly turns around and comes back and runs over the bike a second time. And the dude's like, come back here. God damn it. Come back here. You bastards. Just like, man, I get a, I get a hell of a laugh every time I see that scene. (laughs) The dude's acting is just like so overdramatic.
0: Yeah. I just noticed that's the weird spot where you can really start seeing the 3d, like kind of hamper the movie. Like I don't mind the poles coming at the screen earlier and, like the snake popping out. I don't I don't really mind those. Uh, yeah, but when he's
1: got the chain on his hand and he's busting through the windshield.
0: Yeah, that's a little much. And there's a good, uh, there's another prophet of doom in this movie. It, old Man Ralph bought it oh, in, yeah. a, uh, in the second movie. So, so the, they had to
1: get Old Man Ralph's brother, Larry.
0: Oh, come on, man. This guy is not related to Old Man Ralph at all. This guy is, uh, this guy is a town drunk. Okay, old Ralph. This, this guy,
1: he's like just sleep, he he sleeping. He's just crazy old road Ralph. Road. I don't know what this guy's name was, but we're gonna call him Larry. He was just laying in the middle of the road, cowboy hat over his fucking head.
0: Hey man, that's what you do when you Chris was wake up with an eyeball. Chris was
1: well, that's what you do when you wake up with a fifth of Jim Bean too.
0: I do like that uh, the 3D gag um, with the eye. You know, they they do and the eye like going out shaking, at the screen yeah okay that is one three d gag they do they do kind of no is it that one I can't remember if it's, if it's this moment or not but there's one moment where they clearly they're they're pointing something out to the screen and I think it's this one with the eye actually yeah. this one may be good but there's one of them where they they put it out and the focus op they have a lot of problem with pulling focus on this movie it was because of the lens in the three d but in 3D, when they buzz the object that's coming out at the screen, ah man, it looks really bad because and the, the effect doesn't work. And you know when the object slightly yeah,
1: yeah that's blurred. where that's where you're talking about the eyeball. Yeah, you're talking about when he's holding the eyeball out to the screen.
0: Yeah, I can't remember if that one is actually messed up though. That actually may be one of the good ones. Uh, I may be getting this confused with another scene, but there. If you watch the movie, uh, you can see it. If you watch it in 3D, it's it kind of messes well me there's with no the other up.
1: there's really no well there's really no other eyeball scene except for when that one dude's eyeball pops out,
0: yeah, that could have been it, oh, speaking of eyeballs popping out look dude, we we need to talk about Chris and her backstory here, um
1: yeah, which makes sense, but kind of no sense at the same time.
0: no, I mean it makes sense i mean, she was she well, was at this she was at her family's place that she's going to right now you know, two years ago, and she was attacked by Jason Voorhees. She didn't know it was Jason Voorhees at the time.
1: Yeah, she was attacked by some mongoloid (laughs) in the woods because she was mad at her mama and daddy for being out with her boyfriend, Rick, too late.
0: That's right, and that's why she's going back, you know, to the cabin. She's going back for a 2 years later, I can prove myself, I can stand up to my fears, here I go. What doesn't make sense here?
1: I mean, the dude, Rick, makes the comment, like... And by the way, when they get to the house, you get introduced to flannel farm boy Rick, who has one thing and one thing only on his mind. And that's how fast he can get into Chris's pants.
0: He he is talking about, like, we need to have sex, like, every scene.
1: Well, damn, dude. As soon as she goes in the door, he kind of, like, just ambushes her and just, like, plants a big white kiss on her lips.
0: Hey, man, it's a thirsty okay. motherfucker. Chris has got it under control. She's like, hey, you better calm down. So what's the part that doesn't make sense? What makes no
1: sense is Rick makes a comment to her about seeing her a year previously to that, and she says she hadn't been back there in two years.
0: Uh I got you. So I
1: mean, it's just kind of like, well, that doesn't.
0: Well, I don't know, really dude. Like, were sense.
1: they? Because he he wasn't like, yeah, well, you kind of gained a little weight since I came and seen you last summer.
0: Were they just I mean, a okay, summer if would thing said that, though?
1: I don't know, man. It portrays as like a summer fling.
0: Yeah, it's kind of like, because he keeps, he calls himself the country boy, and it made it seem like Chris is coming down from some city, I guess, I don't know, New York or, or something. Town. Yeah. She's coming down, and you know during the summer, she has a fling with this Rick guy.
1: She's coming down from Newark,
0: Newark, <laughs> New Jersey. I don't know, maybe they just never went to that house. She just went down to see him. Don't, so Don't think too you, hard about the you, character you, stuff here. <laughs> here. I guess it's the moral well, of this story. Chris's backstory here, when she's telling the story, it ends with, like, her saying she blacks out and then she wakes up in a room. Is that interesting? Yeah, and that doesn't make any sense to me. Is that implying, though, that she blacked out and Jason raped her?
1: I don't know, dude. I never got that implication.
0: Or, well, I mean, what else could have happened? I mean, come on. He didn't kill her. If she blacked out, she either doesn't remember defending him or her parents came and helped her and she just, again, she doesn't remember it.
1: She even says in the in the in that whole sequence that her dad found her.
0: So, so what was going on when she was blacked out? That's what I'm saying. I'm I'm just think about it. Jason's out in the woods. You no,
1: know, no, 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 no. I know. I know what you're saying. Part two I hasn't know, even no, happened
0: totally yet. What was is, is Jason at this point? He's he's like what twenty? Okay, he's got least I would assume.
1: I would assume he's in his twenties, probably. Yeah.
0: So what what you, you just? What did you think happened? She blacks out and then. You're just like, I don't know. She just blacks out and got back in bed. You know, it's
1: always kind of been it's always kind of been like this question that I've had. Like, okay, well, if you blacked
0: out, why didn't he kill you? Think about it when he he shows her his face later in the movie. He's dangling from the noose. He's, he picks his mask up and he kind of gives her like, yeah, girl, you remember me kind of face. And she's like, oh, no, it's you. Wink, wink. You know, if he was like, <laughs> yeah, girl, you blacked out. I would. This face right here. I would is wink make if you remember. I had.
1: If I had an eyelid, you could see me blinking right now.
0: That's how I read it. I that.
1: don't know. I never looked at it that way, but now that you bring that point up, I mean, I mean, he kind of does kill a pregnant chick in this movie, so I guess raping a girl wouldn't really be that far out of context.
0: <laughs> yeah, he does kill a pregnant chick.
1: I mean, so you you see what I'm saying?
0: That's the ripoff, Kevin Bacon uh, murder.
1: Yes, that that's pretty much exactly what that is when the character andy dies that's that's i don't know man that's probably one of the more brutal deaths in this movie i guess because he's kind of like doing a handstand and he straight up catches a machete between it right from groin to sternum pretty much
0: yeah i had to, I had to pause the the blu-ray and actually watch like his discovered body i had to pause that to see exactly how he was killed because when you see it, I mean, it's a cool shot. It's like, you know, the camera's below the floor looking up, and then the floor was like plexiglass. That's how, you know, you can see through it. But it's cool because, you know, Jason comes down, and he hits him in the crotch. And then you, you see yeah, him collapse, he's... and you see blood, but you don't really see what happens.
1: No, you don't. Yeah, but it it looks like he he's kind of split him right up the, well, up the middle, pretty much.
0: How his legs are laying, though, like both of his legs would have to be split. I think maybe, like, one of his legs actually got cut off, and then the other one, I think, is, like, barely on, and it's folded back. And he's the Andy character's, like, up in the rafters when you see yeah, him. Yeah, and he's,
1: like, gutted. <laughs> he's gutted, too.
0: No, I don't think he's gutted. You see his intestines are still still in there, actually. It's one of those that you – it's so fast, it is almost kind of confusing. It's like, wait a minute, what just happened?
1: I had a real, real difficult time with was the biker's deaths. Fox, the chick. Jason pretty much just hangs her on a fucking pitchfork, doesn't he?
0: Yeah, they all get pitchfork deaths. Except for like the leader except, guy who just gets beat in the face.
1: Yeah, but he's hold on, but Jason's got a fucking machete dude.
0: No, 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 no. He, hey, hey, I, it's not? Uh or did he just take the handle of it? No, I think it's just a club at that point. Oh, because I th- it
1: damn sure yeah, looks like he, he comes the, back at the end of he's the movie a biker, dude. Yeah, well, I was going to say, the biker dude had the machete, and Jason, like, hits him, and then I thought Jason grabbed the machete, and, like, it, the way it looked like he chopped his fucking arm off from the he, camera angle.
0: He chops his arm off later in the film, at the end. Oh, yeah, but then he comes back, and
1: it's like, I thought you got straight up hacked up with a machete.
0: No, I don't think it was a machete. I think it was, like, a club. Could have been, dude. That's what I always thought, and he was just, like, knocking him, knocking him down, hitting his skull.
1: But yeah, like I would say, the other two bikers' deaths, man. Like you don't even see the chick bikers' death, but oh, you don't see Loco either. Just, no, you really don't know. You don't. There's you don't a, see Shelly's death.
0: Yeah, there's a couple of deaths you don't. You know, you're really not 100 percent sure what happened. I mean, well, no, some of them though are just weak. Like the the stoner guy, his death in the fuse box. Yeah. That's weak.
1: Yeah, all Jason does is push him into the fuse box.
0: Ah, I hated that one. Now the fire poker. You know, that's
1: kind of. Like that. That's that kind of brutal. That's kind of brutal right there, man.
0: I like that one, dude. That's cool. And then when he picks her dead body up, that's amazing.
1: Yeah, it is. Oh, and and the- then the, the, the Vera chick, that's that's one of the better deaths. I think it's one of the better looking deaths. In that movie.
0: Man, dude, I think that's the only one I feel like you really see and feel. And they kind of hold on for a little bit.
1: Yeah, because he just, like, hits her straight in the eyeball with that harpoon gun.
0: <laughs> yep. And that's the first—that's the first victim Jason ever takes in the hockey mask.
1: First one.
0: Shelley shows up with the hockey mask earlier. He disappears. Jason shows back up with it. It's a good scene.
1: Right, whenever I watch this movie, it's kind of like I start getting excited at that point. Hey,
2: I dropped your wallet. I'm sorry.
0: I got it. What are you doing? Hey, now cut that out right now. That's not funny. Well, once people start getting picked off, finally in the film, it does take a while to get going, it seems. It's really enjoyable, dude. It really gets going.
1: To be honest with you, man, I thought I thought I thought farm boy Rick was gonna put up a little bit more of a fight than what he did. You thought he I was going to be around just,
0: for the movie a little bit longer.
1: I thought he was going to at least help Chris out, man. He like shows up, tries to do something, and gets a skull crushed in by Jason.
0: You thought he was going to pull a part two from uh, Paul? What's his name? Yeah, yeah Paul. Yeah, I thought two. he might,
1: might. I thought he might be a little bit of a Paul from part two. Yes, yes, I did. <laughs> no, Rick is no. Tell Paul. you what, that shit that shit got cut short real quick.
0: Uh, I'm glad though, because um, the way that guy was holding the flashlight. That right, flashlight. Right, oh, dude, my right before his death. Man. Right before Jason grabs him. Watch it in the movie. He walks in to like the main living room of this wood cabin of Higgins Haven. He's He has his flashlight. It is fixed in his hand. He does not move his arm, his hand, the flashlight, anything. And when he's walking around. It's like around, his whole
1: body is moving around his arm.
0: <laughs> it is bizarre. It's like the director was like, you're going to hold the flashlight just like this, and if you move it. I'm whipping your ass. I'm gonna beat you bad. God, it, it looks weird. Somebody had to have told him to do that. Human beings yeah. do not move like that naturally.
1: Well, not only that, but I don't think most people hold a flashlight like he was kind of holding that flashlight. <laughs> you
0: know, he was pointing the flashlight in like opposite <laughs> directions of where he was looking to. <laughs> <It's> yeah, like... <laughs> and that was weird
1: too. It's just like,
0: why do you have a flashlight? You
1: Rick? Yeah, why? How the hell do you
0: even see anything? That's not how that's used. <laughs> it's a lightsaber. If Jason comes near me, well, wow, if you notice effects. if you if you notice
1: <laughs> if you notice when Chris is holding the, the flashlight, she kinda holds it weird like Rick does too. It must be a Higgins farm thing.
0: That's how they teach him down there in Crystal Lake. This down here, this is how we hold our flashlights down here in the farm. Uh I do like Rick's death though, man. Yeah. But I feel
1: like I feel like that's another death that has been used multiple times throughout the franchise.
0: Not like that though. He never crushed anybody's head. Oh no! And had the eyeball pop out of camera just like that.
1: Um, doesn't that happen in part six with one of the cops?
0: Does his eyeball pop out?
1: Well, I know his whole skull gets crushed.
0: His eyeball doesn't pop out. Okay, all right. Big difference here, Paul. Big difference. Yeah, there's a
1: big difference there. His eyeball stays in his head.
0: Yeah, I that's mean, the difference. Yeah, it was, it's a it's a fun little gag. You can totally see the wire, but I don't know. It's funny. yeah,
1: but it still it still works.
0: I will say, man, like it, the three D the three D gags in the film really lessen the impact of like the gore and the violence in this movie. Yeah,
1: so, I can see that. I could definitely see that.
0: It makes it feel more dated than like the previous two Friday the Thirteenth films. You know what I, I mean? I can see. Yeah. You don't see any wires in the first two installments. That's what I'm saying. That's all.
1: You know, I I really feel like part three is where, like I mean, like I said earlier, I feel like part three is where Jason became the a- iconic character that he is now. So I mean, I give lots of lots of props and and, and respect for part three, even though you know during that whole chase sequence, I I, I kind of didn't understand when she went when Chris's character goes to the loft. She's like, I'm gonna throw this hay bale right here, over the hole in the loft, and maybe that'll stop Jason from getting up here.
0: No, I like that, man. She's just trying to buy some time for a little bit. No, buy no,
1: some I- time, dude. It's a bale of hay. Man. I mean, this guy just pushed open the door with a freaking shovel in it.
0: Look, 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 dude. If you got a problem with this part of the movie, I, I why why would you even like this movie? I mean, the chase in this film, like when it goes down to Chris Higgins versus Jason Voorhees. This is entertaining, dude. This is good, fun stuff. This is why I watch Friday the 13th. It is awesome. I mean, dude, it is. I mean,
1: I do enjoy this part. And I mean, once again, you know, it's it's meant to be the third act. It's the highlight of the
0: movie. Yeah, I like her fighting and back. I like I like her going I do. trapped. I do like the, all that. In the closet, she comes out with a knife and stabs Jason yeah. like twice. I love him yeah, throwing she the does knife inflict too. a
1: knife, She I, does inflict some damage on him.
0: I have no idea how they got that um, knife shot. I mean... Back in nineteen eighty two, I don't know how in the world they got Jason Voorhees throwing that knife at her. It's cool. I mean you can see a wire, but how did you get it to the wall to the stick there? Did you pull it off from the wall and do it in reverse? I don't know.
1: Yeah, that's that's probably the more logical thing. But That's probably what they did. They just probably did it in reverse. But
0: you would have had to get the actress to do the action in reverse and I don't know, man, can you imagine? Mm. Yeah, you, you would have to yeah, you have to go. Trying to look startled in reverse. And, yeah, I don't know. So I maybe yeah. somehow they stuck it into the wall, but it was cool. It's a cool gag. I love Definitely. the chase, dude. I think all of this part of the movie is my favorite. I mean, part. I,
1: I do too. It, it, but like, I just like the hay bale, man. It's like it's just. I mean, I understand why she did it to buy herself time. I know that, but I mean, just still, the hay bale thing will help you out with too. But he just like throws the hay bale aside, like is a hay
0: bale you know and i like chris man like she they did not write her character stupid she's the only one in the movie where it's like oh i can't get out i'm gonna retreat back in the house um oh he found me i'm gonna jump out the window go to the car you know she, she does a do a yeah. job of trying to escape too she bad she really shitty look yeah yeah damn bike gang fucking siphoned out her guests
1: Slafer out all the gas because they were going to burn. You know what? They would have been better off doing that. See, everything would have been cool if the bikers just would have burnt the barn down like they intended to.
0: Yeah, but Jason Voorhees With Jason
1: in it. Exactly.
0: We can't enter the barn if Jason's in there. That was like his base of operation in this movie. I don't know why. But <laughs> this is, it was like, this, this is, is my barn
1: now. This is my forward operating <laughs> base.
0: That's what it is. Jason Voorhees is still like a little child, so he's he's in the barn, he's like, This is my fort. Go away. Go away. No girls alive. I don't want to
1: play right now.
0: I don't want your cooties. Go. Oh my goodness. Just wanna be left alone. He didn't actually need to kill anyone. He's just taking like a game of hide and seek way too far.
1: He's totally taking it too far. He just gets really mad when he finds you.
0: No, you're supposed to hide better. And there's some good stunts, man, like the uh, when they throw him off the uh, top level of the barn and
1: hang him. Oh, yeah, man, and Chris Chris does not hesitate, boy. When she, she finally knocks his ass out, she does not hesitate for a second when throwing that rope around his neck and hauling his ass out that barn.
0: They, this stuff looks br- really, really good. There's some good stunts here.
1: Not really even a pet peeve, but I just think it's funny, kind of. I think it's a little bit comedic. With the hay bale. But everything else in this scene, man, I really, really enjoy. Like, I feel like Chris is, she's very smart. She's very aware of her surroundings. And she can think really quick on her feet.
0: She's a survivor, bro. She also
1: gave Jason Voorhees the iconic axe mark in his mask, too.
0: Yeah. That has been
1: in every... Every Friday the 13th, pretty much since then, just about.
0: Wait, did it, is it in part six?
1: Yes. Yeah, it's in part six, and it's in part seven. It's in part four, six, and seven, I believe. No. I thought it was in eight, too, but maybe it's not.
0: Is it in eight?
1: Dude, I thought that, that mask always, until Jason goes to hell, I assumed that that mask had the, the axe mark in it.
0: I mean, it's, it's definitely a, you know, an iconic touch to the mask. All right, guys, that's Friday the 13th, part three. Uh, Paul, final thoughts?
1: You know, I feel like I said, you know, this is one of the Friday the 13th movies that kind of make the franchise what it is. There are some moments in it that, you know, you can find comedy in. even though that whether they were intended on being comical or not, you know it's still a really fun movie you have one of the better of the final girls in this in this franchise in this movie you know if you like watching 3d movies from 1982 this is right up your alley and i mean it's it's one of those special movies i mean to me it's not personally as special to me as part four is it's equally special in its own right, in its own ways, and I have nothing but love and respect for this film.
0: I think I think I have to echo that. I don't know. It's de- it's definitely not my f- favorite of the series, but I put it in the in the top four, top five ish of the series. It does have a good final gir- uh, girl. It's got a great Jason, Dana Kimmel, Richard Booker, respectively. I think they're tremendous um, additions to the series. I I do like the barn and the the house. I like that in terms of, you know, it's it's a little bit different visually in the movie. I kind of get tired of, of the camp. You know, you watch one and two back to back. I'm glad this one does look a little different. Some of the 3D gags do hold it back a little bit from being better and a little bit more enjoyable. I, I think it holds back a little from the kills. And I really have a hard time really getting 100% invested in this movie until people start getting knocked off, and I don't really 100% have a terrific time until it's just Chris and Jason. When it's those two left, I think Steve Miner, the director, is knocking it out of the park. I, I love all these scenes. I love how they're shot, considering their budget and everything. Man, I think the end of this movie, it makes me like the movie more than I probably should. When you get done and a movie just... It gives you that ending that you want and and you leave. And we didn't even talk about Mrs. Voorhees jumping out of the lake. I, I think that's all right. I mean, I like that scene. Yeah, I
1: think it's really cool. I really enjoyed the makeup. I just kind of was like, wow, that's weird. Mrs. Voorhees has her head back. <laughs> yeah, I, I enjoy that. And then Jason's like in the cabin just like creepily peeking out the window. Ooh, there's Chris. Let's go play hide and seek again.
0: You know that you know. that is what makes it an effective jump scare, is because you know you you think the dream sequence is that Jason is back and he's coming after you. I mean, I've even seen the first Friday the Thirteenth before too, so this one actually made me jump more. It's not constructed as well as that first one though. That one is is filmed and, and cut a little bit better. But what are you going to do? That that's, it's it's yeah. that's an iconic scene from the first movie. But man, I think this is uh, an installment you have to see it. It's Totally watchable. The end makes the movie. It's entertaining. It's a good installment in the franchise. And guys, with that, you've been listening to the Movie Crew podcast. If you guys want to get in touch with us, our email address is themoviecrew at gmail.com. That's crew, and crew is spelled C-R-E-W-E, extra E at the end, at gmail.com. And if you guys could please give us a rating on iTunes or Stitcher, we would surely appreciate that. Paul, where can people follow you, sir?
1: Um, you can follow me at Paul R. Williams, J1 on Twitter. All
0: right, guys. So we're going to close out the show with Harry Manfredini's disco version of the Friday the 13th theme. Yeah, the true.
1: Funkiest Friday. That's what they should have <laughs> called that track, The Funkiest Friday.
0: Who thought this was a good idea?
1: I don't know, man.
0: <laughs> it is still it's sexy.
1: It's just man. like. It is. I mean, it's kind of catchy. You're
0: going to be humming it all day.
1: Friday the Funk.